0: Hi folks, and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. This conversation myself and Rory had earlier this week in relation to the eviction ban and the fallout from the great work by the Dublin Inquirer in exposing just how bad the situation is in regards to the notices to quit and who knew what when. We also discussed the worrying trends developing in our mortgage arrears uh, issues. That has reared its ugly head as well over the last six to nine months, and it is getting messy. The podcast we did with Peter McVerry is available right now on the Patreon feed, as is one we did last night with none other than Spicebag himself. So both of those are available right now on the link that says patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack. If you're a member, just click the link and uh, refresh your feed. It's there for you now. If you're not, why not? Please join us. We have no ads. We have no sponsors. The only way we can keep these mics going and the conversations happening is if you support us. Just think of it as buying Rory a cup of tea and a scone. You know he'd love a cup of tea and a scone, and that's the only way we keep the show on the road. And while all our podcasts are free, patrons do get them first. They get them as quickly as I can turn them around, and they get them completely plea-free. So there is a little bit of a sweetener in there for you. I'm going to stop rabbiting on and let you get into the podcast now. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. And please join us if you can.
1: (laughs) Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope. I'm your host, Rory Hearn, and I'm delighted to be joined back on the pod today by producer of Reboot Republic, Tony Groves. Tony, great to have you back again. We had a discussion, um, Geez, I can't remember, was it last week or the week before? I think it was two weeks ago now, but it kind of... We 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 put out the patrons immediately
0: and then everywhere else a couple of days later.
1: Yeah, and, and it got a very good response uh, in terms of people getting back to us and just saying um, that they found it very interesting. Our discussion around the evictions ban and, and why, explaining why, and the reasons behind it and the wider housing issue. And um, we also have had our, our live podcast since then, which mm-hmm. um, was very, very harrowing. Um, and you know there's so much is happening so quickly in so many aspects around housing and we can't but get away from initially talking about um the figures that came out on the numbers of notices I, to quit can I can we before we go there i do go yet yeah. and I want to mention that the live
0: show that we did because it's out publicly everybody can listen to it i would stress to you Depending on what situation you are in, if you want to listen to the, the, the first part, it explains the context, particularly around what is happening in terms of notice to quits. The, the, the middle section has great advice for people who are considering overholding and any of the implications that may have for them legally. And it's important. It's broken down by the mercy law uh, in, in, in a way that people will get an understanding because, you know, no one wants to be made homeless, but you have to understand the risks that you are taking legally. And then the final part is obviously where Rebecca shared her story. As you said, Rory is harrowing. So it's, it's like, it's, it's a long podcast, but it's really worthwhile. And it really, it, it covers the the whole gamut of, you know, the context, their legal, legalese and the lived experience of people who are going through this process right now. But my point being is, you know, if you're listening to us and you have an, you have a feel for, you know, where you sit on that. Have a look, and you say, "Well, if I'm if I'm considering, I've got that I've got that notice to quit. I'm considering overholding." Skip about twenty minutes into the podcast, and have a listen to it. Yeah. If you want to hear, if God, uh, this sounds so bad, but if you want to hear the lived experience, skip to the last twenty minutes. You know, and if, but if you want to get the overall context, kick on through. But I just think it's a really powerful piece. But it is, it really is three sections. I don't, it was, you know, not by design. I think it was kind of just how it happened, Rory, on the evening. But that's how it goes sometimes.
1: Yeah, it is. And we had um, uh, John O'Hare from Focus Ireland, who I thought gave um, one of the starkest and most accurate descriptions of what those in emergency accommodation and those facing losing their home are going through. And I just felt there was such an absence of of that real, like we often hear stories, but we don't hear kind of the the explanation of that put in context. What does it mean in terms of where you have to present yourself? You know, what is the the reality of getting, you know, stuff together of, of kids? And I was just, it was really quite powerful. And Aoife um, Kelly-Desmond from the Mercy Law Centre gave a very clear overview of the legal uh, aspects of this. And and I was thinking, though, afterwards, and, and it, there's a number of areas I know we want to touch on today, uh, including the latest figures from the RTB around the extent of notices to quit issued. But also um the issue of protest um yeah and CATU. we have art to discuss and art and yeah. protest uh, we also have the mortgage arrears figures which are, are re-emerging um and also figures around um the uh the the developers who are putting their developments on pause and finally the, the issue of some of the responses to my um, Posting of an interview I did with the Irish Independent on three solutions to the housing crisis mm. around the public uh, construction company and the right to housing. Holy moly! The uh, the centrists and and right wingers lost their nut on Twitter over it, and yeah. uh, a number of them, yeah, really I, went it, after me on let's, it.
0: Let's get let's get into it, Rory. Let's get into that fact that now we know there's almost nine thousand households have received. In the last six
1: months, a notice to quit letter nine thousand. No. That's six months between the summer. Yes, and, the summer and 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 the so June, June, to December, not including. If you add in what is likely to be the first three months of this year, you're t- if assuming it's four to five thousand again. That's fifteen thousand in but the last it, nine months. It, but Mike Allen,
0: I heard say that that this is unprecedented in terms of the level of notice to quits that went out. Now, again, I don't want to, what was it, 58%, the Irish Property Owners Association going out there saying, 58% of people are leaving because they're selling up. And they're going, of course they're selling up, because we've been telling you that they, they know there's a softening in prices. They know that they've probably, you know, they've had this as an asset for a number of years. They might have even had negative equity for a period while they were, you know, while they were working their way through. get yeah, Still getting a rental income, let's be clear. Getting a rental income, and now they're thinking actually now is the time to 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 sell out, sell up. So that's a real, you know, again, there's an opportunity in the crisis. But it's I want to be very clear on that figure. The other figure that was interesting in that was 16 percent was quoted as the people who are being receiving notice to quit for what we would term uh, lack of payment or antisocial behavior. Yeah, so I, only with that figure
1: up last night, yeah, I, I didn't, I it? didn't see that. It was only 16, 16, 80. of all the notices to quit were due to what we would call no-fault eviction, as in the tenant did nothing. And in 60%, the landlord is selling. And I'm in the process of writing an article for the journal at the moment, which I hope will be published over the weekend, on what is the situation in most European countries about this. In most European countries, you cannot be evicted when the landlord sells a property. So in most European countries they're not having this they have a housing issues and crisis but nothing on this scale because we have a situation where a landlord can evict a tenant when they're selling the property and it is just it really is as we've said the last day this is the culmination of of years and years of housing policy that refused to Respect renters or treat them as equal citizens. Did did you hear any of my interview with Kieran Cuff from last week? I don't know if you had chance.
0: There was there was, and it's amusing, but it's not because he was talking about you know having to make the tough decisions in government. Kieran obviously is is happy to talk about things in the wider context because he's an MEP, but he's still a member of the Green Party who voted to lift the no fault the moratorium on no fault evictions. And he said, he said, you know, oh, you have to make those tough decisions in government. And I asked him, I said, Kieran, you're renting in Brussels. And he said, "Yeah." I said, "So you've got much better protections in Brussels than you do in 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 Stony Matter. And he said, "Yeah." And I went, "Well, yeah. there we go." You know, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, and, yeah. and he, like, he not that he'd no answer, but he just had to, you know, grasp it. Let's be honest about. It. Let's tell the truth. He was sitting there telling me that this was the hard decision to make, rather than actually saying, "Well, actually, we should have the same protections that he has as as a member of the European Parliament or just an ordinary
1: renter." In Brussels, it's crazy, Rory. But sure, we had him and Ryan either blatantly lying. Like, oh my god! Or, um, you know, just not understanding, or just so disconnected from that he's like just say whatever. Well, saying that like they had strengthened tenants' rights, and you know that he was saying on the one hand the tenants and the purchase scheme, right? The first purchase was in place, and then it wasn't, and mm-hmm. and and then of course you had um the issue which we talked about um no we didn't talk about actually on this. The comment of uh, Barry Cowan. Um, oh my God! The, the sweets, you know, being like you know, children been given free sweets. They get basically, you know, it'll do damage to them. And but comparing it, and I just went through, and we obviously had Peter's Peter McFerry, who we're going to uh, be talking on the next uh, the next podcast the next day or two, um, around the issue of whether it's true, you know, that Dara. Well, we we could take it. Peter said it. Of course, it's true. His source told him that the Fianna Fáil essentially wanted the eviction ban continued and were going on the basis that it was. Um, but Leo Vradker and Fine Gael said no. And you see how disconnected some people are to this human... Well, but, Human uh, catastrophe, which it is. It's just yeah. I but
0: I had this. I had this. I had this argument with Martin on Sunday on a, on that little pod we do only for patrons on the Sunday where we had that conversation. And I said, you, you've got to look look at Finnegale's point of view. They went up in the polls. They were they've been rewarded by the people who say, well, we're homeowners. We're we're we have second properties. We have these things. They've been rewarded by people who, as as it's been put, got more upset about a piece of art than by actual evictions themselves. And we have to, we have to accept that. We have to understand that you can't have people, you know, going through a situation whereby they're actually saying to, we we support the, the lifting of this moratorium, but what we don't, what we don't want know is actually know that about the, don't show us an image that depicts it in a negative sense. So, so all of that has continued to, you know, look, there's been huge, uh, public, uh, how do I put it? Um, outrage but a lot of it a lot of it feigned outrage by members of what we would call the the commentary and the, and the status quo or the coping classes well the middle classes and I don't want to in I don't want to personalize it but we saw the reaction to uh, an artist who goes by the name of spice bag and um I think it really is you know it's crazy where you've got um Shin Fein as leader Mary Lou McDonald feeling that she has to comment on something and even to the point where ongarda Shikana have you know issued statement saying it's unhelpful what what what's happening and Rory I don't want to go over old road but you might remember all the way back in episode 14 we sat in North Frederick street and we did a podcast with the Take Back the City activist 2018 and we knew then that we had a huge housing emergency and we saw the reaction what happened when what I will call hired goons who showed up with vans with no tax insurance on them? All of this is a matter of public record, and how the guardie wore their their masks to to allow this, this this, I'm going to call it um, heavy handed approach to be to carry out on the activists that were trying to raise awareness back in 2018. The outcry
1: to that relative to the outcry to a picture has been very telling of where oh. uh, it is has it, it, just on on you know the two things around that, Peter McVarian and like I remember it is 2015 So that's eight years ago. I organized a conference in Liberty Hall, uh, which possibly was the first housing conference in response to the housing crisis organized in this country. And I had Peter McVary speaking at it. That was 2015 and he was saying at that point this was a social emergency. Uh, we were agreeing. And we were highlighting this, you know, homelessness crisis then. Um, And when we look at what has happened since then and how year after year, after year, rents rose, evictions continued, and we called on the government to implement protections of tenants and also to, um, to build social housing and not use HAP because HAP was insecure because it was in the private rental sector. But the argument that government used over and over and over again was that, well, we can't do this because it will deter supply. It will deter investors. We can't give tenants proper rights. And so it goes on, 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 on the, this never ending, you know, excuses. And we argued that this will be go beyond anything that we saw at that time. And we were proven right. And when Peter McVeary says, you know, Dara O'Brien wanted to keep this and Leo Varadkar uh, you know opposed that that there was no planning went in for actual what will be done to support people when this measure was brought in place I believe him I absolutely believe Peter McFerry and I think that again it does all link together the response to the the spice bag painting um, is so just emblematic of I would describe as privileged groups because I wouldn't even call it middle class. It, it's privileged groups, and even within wealthy mm-hmm. groups, some people make their money as private landlords. Other people work in normal businesses and you know provide lots of employment and all that. There is a difference. They are the landlords are of what are called the rentier class, and particularly those who have multiple property properties. Um, and it was Leo Radker who said, "What is a tenant? A tenant is a landlord's income." Yeah, some some, no, it's some some other person's. But I just want to make this point that they, as you said there, and as has been said, and I think so rightly, the sense of outrage from Fine Gael TDs, from establishment people around this painting about the issue of the guards, rather than going, what are the guards? The guards act, implement the laws of the state, and implement mm-hmm. the policy of the state. They are just, you could argue, pawns, whatever. So in some ways, I agree that the focus on the guards is wrong because all they're doing is implementing the state, but they are the state as well. So therefore, the point is, you look at that picture and you go, there is a state, an Irish state that is overseeing once again and standing over and will facilitate and is facilitating the eviction of poor people and vulnerable people and people in professions literally into homelessness that, that, and this is where we are back to again as a country so that is where the outrage should be yeah i agree but i do want the I want
0: someone more qualified than 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 us was our former late colleague dr vicky conway and i i, I refer back to what she said in 2021 uh, in relation to if you remember the prussia street evictions where the guards showed up in force to to evict um artists if you recall at that time and she said, among many, many things, I mentioned concerns that the Garda involvement in evictions, especially when some are landlords to Greco. So Greco was like the EU's level where they get together talking about police forces yeah. across the EU uh, today. And she said, and here we are, as she posted the actual Prussia Street evictions. So Vicky knew she talked about it in 2021. So I'm not just a, a madman who's given out about it. Uh, you know, I t- take the actual expert who was on the police and authority of Ireland for two terms. She knew there was an issue there, and I, I, I do believe that, that we need to be completely honest about that. Abs- absolutely, let's not get distracted. 9,000 notice to quit, these are the real problems. All uh, Wayne potentially, Stan- potentially 15,000. Yes, and Wayne, uh, and Wayne Stanley has been very go- uh, good at, at pointing out that. These additional emergency beds that have come online are already filled, and the the additional capacity. I mean, we've spoken about it, Rory. It can be just as simple as a as a yoga mat on the floor with a sleeping bag. Let's not let's not you know dress this up any other way.
1: In other bad news, and I mean, just this, want to finish on. I just want to finish on the eviction ban, if we can go. I, I think that the call is very clearly, and I think that and the pressure needs to go back on the government immediately. And I I don't think it's I think they expect it's to reinstate the ban that that ban has to be put back in place. Because what is ahead, not just in the next three months, but in six months, in a year, in two years, in three years, as landlords continue to sell, which they will continue to sell. That basically the choice is, do you allow literally tens and tens of thousands of people go into homelessness? Or do you say actually want to keep people in their homes and we're going to work this out? At the moment, the government have gone with the landlords and not just the landlords, but those landlords who are selling. And I I was making this point that I think because you hear it and see it on social media, landlords are saying, I'm selling because I don't want. Basically, I'm fed up of all these regulations. I'm fed Mm -hmm. up of all these tenant protections. And that's why I'm selling. And there's some of them are even saying I'm selling out of spite or I'm evicting the tenant and I'm going to leave it vacant just to spite you. There is some landlord saying that. And that is, Kira Kelly said class war on her article. There is an element of... But she meant it in, she meant it in the reverse. No, I know, she did. I know she did.
0: And, and, and they had someone on this morning on the same show, on her show, she had someone on this morning to say, people have only you know, one or two re- rental properties. These aren't affluent
1: people. Yes. Imagine, imagine the level of to say. I will say, I do think we need to start realizing that the, the, the spokespeople who represent the landlords and some landlords are going after this as a form of class war in that they are saying, you want more tenant protections? Take us on. We'll sell out and we'll show you. And that there's, there is a real, this is a facing down. And government have bent completely. Like Pat Davitt was on Drive Time. I don't know if you heard him. No. Pat Davitt, the head of um, the property auctioneers. he's essentially the landlord spokesperson. Saying, said openly with with a straight face, renters want to pay more rent. He said, renters want to pay more rent. He said, I know landlords can't charge the market rent because of the rent controls, and they have to evict the tenant. What do you mean? Follow that through. Yeah, They have to evict the tenant because they can't charge the market rent. And you're going, okay, they can, they're they still getting rent, hmm. but they're selling because I can't get the market rent. So I'm going to sell. And he says, in that case, I know tenants want to pay it. And you're going, tenants? And in oh, fairness to uh, Sarah McInerney, she asked him, what do you mean tenants want to pay more rent? What well, tenant wants to pay more rent? And he said, tenants want to pay more rent. And you're just going, oh my God, like this is, and this is why I think that what we're in right now is the battle for the future of Irish housing. Well, well, what way do we go? And not future of Irish housing, but all these tens of thousands for the entire people who are reliant on a home in the private rental sector. Their future is at stake and it will continue to be at stake if we continue to bend to the private landlords. That idea of property as investment. And I I, I
0: actually need to show you how today that's been backed up even more. I don't know if you if you were privy to the CSO's report, that if now the average home purchaser in ten years has gone up from age thirty five to thirty nine. They've added five years. To the time, so you you know you might have typically been able to buy at age thirty five. Now you're thirty nine. You're in that thirty nine to forty window. So in less than ten years, it's gone up by five years. The 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 amount of time it's taking people. What that means is you really need to get your income to a level whereby you're now earning what you probably should have been. You know, at, at a level of someone who was thirty nine to forty to be able to afford to purchase, and within that level of income, the the the, the numbers are staggering, Rory. You cannot purchase anything in Dublin at all unless you're sort of 39 years of age and earning over 100,000 euro. I think Dunleary Ratdown was the most expensive. Your average, the median average of someone who can purchase is. 127,000 euro. And the mortgage, this is really crucial. The mortgage, average mortgage, median mortgage is only 220,000. So that assumes someone has a hell of a lump sum to go towards it because you're
1: not going to buy anything for 220,000 in, in the Leary Rat Down, Rory. Is that figure saying the average age of people buying a home now, their yes. first home? Yes. Is now 39. Yes. It's gone up. You say it was in ten years ago. It
0: was thirty. It was thirty-four to thirty-five. Now we're thirty-nine to forty. We've we've added five years. Five to the, years in 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 less than a decade, yeah. according to the statistics. And it it just it goes back to this the average age. It's a, yes, and we're looking at a medians in in here. So so like you know one of the like median median loan amounts have gone up. Median um incomes have all gone up. Median um life uh time of life has gone up. So in other words. Everything. This go back to what Emmett Kirwan always called a life delayed. This is very much that life delayed playing out in real time. And then I need to bring that back to the mortgages again and talk about this time last year, we were getting the quarter one statistics for 2022 on mortgage arrears and we were at a 12 year low. So... Remember, we've just yeah, from the crisis, crisis, we had massive, yep. massive we, mortgage arrears we, to over a hundred thousand at one yeah. point. And we, so we, we'd come out of
1: that, and we, we'd seen what is happening now. Just to sort these talk, are, just explain what mortgage arrears means. Someone who has gone to the bank and actually got, yeah, they have a mortgage and they're they're having difficulties with the repayments. Once that was, but they co- actually have
0: missed a payment, and yes. that is officially so, documented. So once you've missed a payment, you're in arrears. Once you've missed three months the equivalent of three uh months repayments, the banks now to start make provisions because a percentage of those are going to go bad. So 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 if I lent you three hundred thousand Rory and you had and you were having problems with your mortgage and uh, after three months of, of you having problems with your mortgage, I should probably be putting somewhere between fifteen to twenty thousand per hundred thousand I've borrowed you into my provisions should that loan default. Okay? Yes. Now, so bear in mind, 12-year low this time last year. We don't know what the quarter one figures are right now because they're due soon, but they are going to be bad because interest rate hikes have been going up. What we do know is that between July and December, the three-month arrears figure grew by 20%. And that's... 20%, 19% Twenty percent. Nineteen percent to be exact, if you want to be honest. Nineteen percent. What, what was the, the no month arrears? Just being in arrears. The well the, the no month arrears, because the banks don't have to make provision for it, it's it's kind of a little bit more um what what gets reported gets gets done. But I like if I What were the figures for three month arrears in terms of the increase? Well, we've we've seen them go to nearly. here I give you the actual number up to ninety days. One four 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 three up by three one nine three. So that's huge. We're now nearly
1: nearly fifteen thousand um in the in the nine fifteen thousand in yeah, in and arrears over ninety days.
0: Number of accounts in arrears four. 46,000, uh, six thousand sorry, in the number of, of mortgage accounts is seven seven hundred and nineteen thousand, and number yeah. of those in arrears is forty six thousand. Um what you saw was a slight drop in the in the sort of one month arrears down,
1: yeah,
0: but a, a large jump in the three months plus. So people who were already
1: struggling, who yeah. were, you know, hanging on like in more that, and more in, people, and all of a sudden interest living? rates Exactly, yes. that cost of living and interest rates, it's there. And it brings up the whole question back to of housing to buy, affordable housing to buy. And this is the other battle that is ongoing. And I describe it as a battle because it is a societal battle. The developers, the investor funds, are pushing hard for tax breaks. You know, they have got the help to buy. You know, and Connell McQuilla of uh, Davy was saying that House prices, you know, will continue to rise because the increase in the... uh central bank lending rules plus help to buy will feed into ha- higher house prices of course it will mm-hmm. because people can pay more so they'll borrow more so it pushes did, up prices did, did you
0: see did you see last week the U- the UK's help to buy scheme there was an official report into it saying that they've actually said well this was a disaster it it, 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 it made uh, over the decade that they've run it, it it's added you know 10 to 12% to
1: house prices in the UK yeah. and here we are running gung oh running going in, into something uh, and the point is, it's all about trying to subsidize the developers who say we, it's not viable for us to build. And we are hearing and I've seen for at least eight months now, developers pausing the new build of projects. We have 70,000 uh, units with planning permission being unbuilt. The investor funds, as far as we hear, are not forward financing developers uh, entering agreements to forward purchase. So developers are saying we need money. And. Um, everyone is saying the state should, not everyone, sorry, they, all the lobbying and the the narrative we're hearing is a state needs to back private developers to build, essentially finance private developers to build. And here we are back. And of course, the other side of it should be they're not going to build affordable housing mm. that people can buy. And it comes back to, I think, we haven't really had the discussion of who provides or how do we ensure um people can afford to buy a home and it comes back to the state and that's where they're all going absolutely nuts with me at this idea of a public construction company that would build housing that would be affordable that people could buy and Mm -hmm. we as as hugh um, Hugh Hugh o'connell no hugh brennan from um, oh cool on we don't need the private developers or investors Well, they, well, they demand like
0: they, like there's, we've seen the statistics were demanding like returns of 26% on certain aspects of the, of, of building out and then we know what the, the financial, the, the, the REITs, I mean. Like, uh, we were, I was talking, I was at a, I was at an event in Unite the Union last week and it was quite funny and scary that the United Mine Workers of, of America were in dispute with, with their employer, but their employer was, was, was owned by none other than BlackRock. Yeah, you know, and BlackRock yeah. are the highest uh, owned more commercial residential property in the world than anyone else. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, so so it
1: is crazy, like like the but, warnings. But it is. But to, what do you think about that in terms of? You know, I I think that around using these planning permissions, that we need a proper assessment: are they built to rent, are they not? Because if they're in a bill to rent, then they're not actually viable. They needs to be, but there needs to be emergency legislation brought in that the state. Compulsory purchases them, hmm. uh, and engages in builders, engages builders, private builders to build, and sets up some public company to build, but not through the developers. But I, they're all saying, "Well, you know, we can't do this because you know the state doesn't have enough finance, and there's nothing we can, there's nothing we can, we we need that we can't afford." That's the first
0: thing. The second thing is on the basis of the actual um, ability to do it. There's nothing in EU law stopping us doing it. Um one of the things Kieran Cuff pointed out to me, which is quite funny, is that the that Ireland turned down a an a zero interest loan as part of the EU recovery funds of eight hundred million. We didn't want it because we didn't want to take it on. Crazy. When you think about it in the context, absolutely crazy. But the other thing we'd we'll say um is that the capacity actually to stop building the wrong things and start building the right things is there. Yeah. We need to you know, and we need to we need to be very honest about that. So so yes, absolutely. Go go gung ho for that, but but the vehicles are already there. An empowered land development agency, or I think it was, I actually think it was owner of Brian called it a land activation um, com- co- company or a state, a state construction company or a some, some form of NAMA. Because remember, NAMA was actually tasked with this originally, just never did it, um, you know, of looking after the public good. Some There is a vehicle there, Rory, but cl- crucially... What I you don't... Hear, you go, sorry, go on. The political will is not there because... Crucially, when you have a T shock who has said, "Lift it," I've done an no analysis. I just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, when when you, we know this, like you said, you believe Peter. Of course, we believe Peter. Who 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 are we? Who are you going to trust? Father Peter McVary or the guy who said it was five o'clock? Uh, uh, he was at his desk when we knew. It, uh, in December, it was dark at five o'clock. I mean, come on! Like he's he, he's not he's not someone who is gets the benefit of it out. And just you know, when we get into these arguments, the problem is that individual has more power than you or I. But I think, I do think they recognize even now that they're losing, they're losing the, the public realm. It's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's down to those people who are now that 22% hardcore
1: who, you know, do think property rights trump human rights. And, and I wonder that, you know, as you say, Fine Gael's support is steady. Um, and even though I think that will be hit further as the reality of the eviction ban, Emerges, And as the housing crisis deepens, as the private market fails further, um, that and they're unwilling to do emergency public measures, that Fianna Fáil and the Greens, and Fianna Fáil in particular, as they continue to decline and suffer from this, I think that will be the issue, is will they pull the plug uh, sooner rather than later? And are we, because I can't see how Fianna Fáil are just going to sit there as their support dwindles, more and more people are evicted the figures start failing you know in terms of housing delivery which they will you know maybe they'll hang on till till whenever they're saying october next year but i think that we're in a in a situation where the government could fall um you know not probably before the summer but in in kind of the autumn of next year i yeah i do i think i just i not next year the autumn autumn no is-
0: yeah, no, I, I think we could be six months, uh, less than six months away from a general election because the, the, it is absolutely going to be the case where, you know, you've, the Taoiseach has said this, homelessness is going to spike. Now, when you say something like that, as, as cold and calculating as that, there are individual stories behind that. And we all have, we, we all sat and watched an 85-year-old retired
1: do, do army officer problem? talk about it. Yeah, want, do, do what the problem though is that you're not counted as homeless unless you're in emergency accommodation. We know but that. This, I, yeah, so... so fundamental. So, because I was actually just thinking that, I, I tweeted about the homeless figures, and then I went, but you're... In some way, the homeless figures are becoming more and more difficult to, to actually be used to tell us what's going on. Because if you reach capacity in emergency accommodation, they tell you, we can't give you anything, and then you're not counted. Mm. Should so, we, they, one, one of the
0: going to mention inner city helping homeless who as we know are are now defunct but there was one thing that they used to do was a street count remember this rory yeah and it used to upset the government greatly because because they didn't include those people in their homelessness figures and they do the street count and the street count would obviously bump up the figures by hundreds hundreds every bloody night so you know that that is the reality and it is known that there's now 400 um, people who have arrived into the country who have been we have failed under international obligations to, for people seeking asylum to, to, to give accommodation who are on the streets so that's before we get anywhere else so we know that the figure is obviously low but we also know and we need, I, I, I know conscious of time that the moratorium that we had was working it was working. It was slowing down the flow into into homelessness. So we need to get real about this. You're right. Reinstate the moratorium. Actually, let's look at having a no fault uh, moratorium ongoing on the basis of, you know, with caveats to certain aspects. and and let's not let's not even consider going into this mess that we're about to go into until we have those right to purchase, the state to buy, the yeah. cost rental schemes. Yeah. you know, all of these schemes that as you have said, you know, it's these these schemes are potentially really good, but potential is no good to the person who's getting an eviction notice on the fifteenth
1: of April, and that's no, what's absolutely. Happening. And you know, we have tenants in situ, and tenants are in touch with me all the time saying, you know, they've contacted the council, and the council says, "Oh, your property's too big. Oh, you're above the income threshold. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's too, it's not up to standard." So councils are not being told just by whatever which is what the government claimed the systems aren't in place so they have to bring it back in um and just on that there is a we mentioned at the live podcast uplift are doing a virtual um keep people in their homes they're doing on a constituency by constituency basis town hall meeting and they're holding the first one is on thursday the 13th of april at seven o'clock you can go over to uplift.ie forward slash events keep people in their homes um and check in on that if you are in the Galway um and they're inviting um the Galway TDs because they want to keep the focus on this um as are others for example raise the roof and Catu the tenants union as well people can get in touch with them and of course threshold uh Focus Ireland the Simon communities um and the Paul Trust all doing great work around homelessness um and I do think Tony that you know the work we have done has been important the space we've given to people to have their voice heard and raising the issues and it continues to be a space whereby, um, it is keeping pressure on the political system, uh, and forming, you know, forming an important part of education and information and solidarity and support. So thank you for the work on putting together the podcast. Um, and it is really important. And I know a lot of our listeners find it really, really important and supportive for them. Um, and thank you to listeners for listening continue to share it around. And if you can become a patron, of course, uh, to help us keep this show on the road. Tony, I think, um,
0: yeah, I think we, I think yeah, we live we... there. Yeah. Thanks very much. Rory. We will be back with, with Father Peter McVeary. So we will have another, uh, entertaining and I'm sure eye-opening conversation with one of the, with a, a dedicated person, a man who has given his life to this, uh,
1: to this unfortunate ongoing social, uh, tragedy. Yeah. Yeah, social disaster, completely unavoidable, completely avoidable. Just look at Finland, uh, and that's where we will get to. Thanks, Tony, and thanks everyone. Talk to you soon.